Welcome to the Lovejoy podcast from Antique Dust. Hello and welcome. This is a new feature to Antique Dust. I'm Jonathan. I'm Rob. And together we are dusting down gorgeous, gorgeous TV series. And we are dusting down Lovejoy. Yay. Oh my God. Yay. Woo. Gosh, it's like Sunday art, Sunday evening viewing all over again. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So we have just watched the very, very first episode of uh, Love Joy. The very, and I think Ed, was it 1986? Um, uh, yes, I believe it was. Um, yes. Yes. 10th of January, 1986. So it was like on the new schedules of um, of BBC. So it, it's based on the uh, sort of something Gash books, wasn't it? Is it Jonathan G- Gash. Jonathan Gash. Jonathan books. Gash. I should know that because I'm Jonathan as well. Marvelous. Yeah. Um, so this episode, we are introduced into our lovely roguish antique stealer, um, um, Ian McShane, who plays the titular Lovejoy. Yes. Not Mr. Lovejoy. Not Mr. Lovejoy. Just Lovejoy. Just Lovejoy. So we meet some lovely characters. So we are introduced to Eric Hatchpole, who's going to be his new apprentice, um, which who his dad is basically paying Lovejoy to teach him the ways of antiques. Because he's otherwise, he's otherwise pretty useless. He's useless. Well, daddy's a butcher and Eric has decided he wants to be a vegetarian. So that, that's not exactly working well with the family firm. Um, we're introduced to Tinker, um, who looks fabulous in tweed. Three-piece three tweedy yes. suits, the check. Looks Played by Dudley Sutton. Yes, who only recently passed away. Yes, he? So he died last year. Yeah. Um, we're then introduced to Charlie, who's a bit of a tosser, really. Charlie. And um, there's always a Charlie, because there's a, there's a big Charlie in, um, in, in Bergerac, another yeah. one of our fair so favourites. Sorry, who's Charlie? Is it Charlie... Oh, is it, is it Charlie the... Is, yeah, that's the guy who's renting the cottage from. Gimbert. Ch- Charles Gimbert. Is that, I don't know his first name. I'm sure it was Charles. Could, I could may have, have just made that been, completely and utterly We'll find out in the next episode. And then um, we, we've met Lady Jane. We met Lady Jane. <gasps> we love Lady Jane. She's lovely. She, uh, she's a little bit prim and proper in the earlier scenes. And then after that, she's just... Well, she does get rather wet when we first meet her. No, I mean, well, in the earlier scenes, we sort of we just hear, "I hereby open this sign," and then then she gets it, wet. Then she gets gets drenched after Eric drives his motorcycle with yeah. no brakes through a big puddle. Well, it's not; a, it's more of a fjord, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I, I, no, I don't think it's not a, it's a fjord. fjord. Not, we're not in, not it's, in, it's in Norway. Norwegian. No, there's not lots of big dependencies yeah. on a cruise ship going. Oh, I think Yeah. I think I think the word you're looking for is Ford. Ford. It's a Ford. Like a transit. Like a transit, but <laughs> but different. So, um Lovejoy is the opening sequence of Lovejoy. I mean you probably listened to it on the opening of this. Um it smacks of Blackadder, isn't it? There's a similarity. Blackadder. Not the music. Yeah, yeah. it's sort of like, the music. It's the music. Yeah. The music is a bit blackaddery. Uh, I think it sets the, the music just sets a tone that you're going to be. It's like a, a, a sort of a, a music box you're opening yeah. up, and you've it, got that tinkle tinkle yeah, noise. Yeah. And that that's quite deliberate on the part of the composer. Um, he wanted to 
to basically make it sound like antiques. If antiques had a sound, it would sound like that. It would sound like that. So there's all the sort of harpsichord and strings and and all tinkly, all kind of tinkly. Yeah, it actually gave me a little bit of shivers, really. Ooh. <laughs> so, um, so we're meeting Lovejoy. Lovejoy is he looks a bit roguish. He's got this very battered Volvo two forty, which would be worth an absolute fortune now because it's now they're now antiques. I was looking on Auto Trader for one of those because I'm looking for a new car, and uh, they cost an absolute fortune. You're looking like seven or eight thousand for a well, second the classics. Man, the classic a, a, a Volvo estate. Classics. I mean, my my entire childhood was made up of sort of being carted around with that for various sports events and things like that and normally sort of a, a farty labrador yeah. in the boot because you were quite sporty as a child weren't you i was actually <laughs> i was in the swim team i was in the uh, i wasn't in the running team i wasn't really built for speed but i was in the rugby you were team built for endurance <laughs> endurance where everyone had to endure me <laughs> i was very good at swimming and i was in the dive team so that wasn't all bad yeah you made a big splash in the dive <laughs> so team. i always made a very very big Flash. Uh, so I've, if you can hear a tinkle tinkle it is not me opening the har- a harpsichord or anything like that it's our little pussycat she's just decided to plonk on the lap because it's it's windy outside and she wants a little bit of warmth so um we meet we meet lovejoy um he's got a cottage uh i think charlie we're going to call him charlie i may have got that completely in the you may be wrong. perfectly right i just i wasn't I, I, i'm I, doubting I, myself now oh, don't. <laughs> don't 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 do that so uh he's uh his landlord who rents in this this little ramshackle cottage which will probably be a couple of million now um in today's money um has rented the yard out to some yeah. ca- a, a cattle herd yeah so his his landlord is also one of his rivals in yeah. the antiques business Gimbert. He, yeah 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 so uh, and so we meet him and he goes to this auction room and uh he's bidding for yeah it's, it's really weird because he actually talks to camera Yes, I mean that, which is a feature of of, of, of the whole series. I I think is that he, from time to time, will break the fourth wall, as they say in the mm-hmm. biz, and address us directly. Which is really, I love that. It was it it was it's fresh and it's it, it rather than having to do a lot of discussion where everything is dropped in as like an information dump. You can literally turn to camera, explain this. This is A, B, C, and D. And this is where we're going, and so you feel like you're you're, you're in on his yeah. in Lovejoy's gang. Yes, yeah, and I, th- I think that it, it um, brings a sense of intimacy, mm. uh, I, I, I suppose, in that you do feel connected to the character of of, of Lovejoy, who uh, perhaps otherwise might be slightly unsympathetic, you know, unlikable. Yeah, yeah, but but I think because of that, we kind of get pulled into his. So we get his, his orbit, and his, his charm, and, and we're, we're 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 introduced to his little gang very very quickly. We're given a, a general gloss over about what they do and what he can do, and, and so what skill he's got because he's a he's a divvy, a divvy, where and, and a divvy in the antiques world is someone that can actually instinctively see something as an antique, touch the antique, and know its origins yeah. rather than referring to reference books and what have you i, th- I think it comes from uh, you know the divination mm. as in fort you know as in 
fortune telling or finding out secrets. Yeah, and he's he's got Tinker as well, who's also got a skill set. Yeah, Tinker is a barker, so he sniffs out, mm. sniffs out antiques. Yeah, and Eric is is an apprentice. An apprentice, and has got a motorbike with a sidecar. Yes. <laughs> So the story starts where uh, he's at this auction, which is the auction house of what, who we'll call Charlie, um, and it's his his auction house. So he's a big wig and he likes to lord it around everybody. And um, during the auction, where Lovejoy is bidding against this woman for this um, little not uh, sort of fi- not fire firefly cage. firefly cage, a Japanese firefly cage. So. Um, and halfway through that, he gets arrested yes. because uh, of stolen goods. So yes. we then and the auctioneer um, was was an actor called Keith, uh, uh, Keith Marsh, who, while you could never put your finger on exactly a role that he had, he's one of those actors who, in the seventies and eighties, was Turned in just everything. about everything. <laughs> yeah, just playing character. The small character roles, very familiar, very familiar face. I, I thought I recognised him, I couldn't remember what from. <laughs> well, from, exactly. from everything. From everything. Everything. So, um, so it's all very jolly, and apparently Lovejoy has sold this um, sort of golden... Yeah, he's been bowl. dealing in stolen goods. Let's let's come um, to the chase. And they ask where where he got this goods from, and he, he said he's got it from a beachcomber, um, and gives the beachcomber's details because it had washed up to sea. Drummer, drummer, drummer. So, and then we cut to drummer, um, um, who was who was again another character actor. Yeah, Ronald Fraser, who was I, I recognised him from the he was the uncle of the twins in the Swallows and Amazons film. Oh. Oh. And so that was that was so I thought, oh right, he's quite jolly. And it was only quite a small part, but he he, he does it really well. Uh, so he lives he's like a beachcomber, lives on the beach in a shack and has a donkey and apparently sort of gives donkey rides in season. So mm. at the same time we sort of we're we're sort of introduced again to Charlie again, who is down by the coast. And say, oh, what are you doing down here, Lovejoy? And Lovejoy asked him the same. He said, oh, my boat's here. And we see his boat, yes. which is then utilised later on. Yes. And we've also met his sister. Yes. Who was in the swimming pool. Swimming pool. And, and got quite friendly with Lovejoy, Lovejoy, much to her brother's annoyance. Apparently, in the books, uh-huh. she's only meant to be about 16 years old or younger mm. than that. Okay. Um, and so Lovejoy is sort of like, mm. but I think in the in the TV series, she's a little bit older. Yeah, she she would certainly seem to be a little bit older. A little bit older and more mature because she talked about going down to the pub, so she must be at least 18. Yes. Um, but there must be a very big age difference between <laughs> brother and sister. Uh, but we—he's he, obviously very glamorous and everything because he's got this very posh house with this indoor swimming pool. Yes, um, and he's got the, a, 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 a triple Arga. Very jealous. Yeah. Triple green Arga. Very very jealous. Well, so but they drank beer out of very tiny cans. They did seem very small. I can't remember. I obviously back in 1986, I wasn't a big beer drinker. No, back then, um, I'm not a big beer drinker now. No, but. 
there's cans. I can't remember. Were, were cans that small? They were tiny. Uh, I, well, I, I, was, I found it really a real novelty because it's one of those can pulls which you pull and pull it completely yeah, off. It's an old style than, ring pull. So where you used to you used to be able to, uh, I remember with those, you used to be able to pull the ring pull off and then take the, the little ring thing off and then use it as a, a as a launch pad for the, the, the sort of the lip that it came off and then you could, used to work as a spring. So therefore you used to frisbee the, the 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 little ring pull across the room that's what we did at school anyway god that sounds terrifying you'd have somebody's eye out yeah, yeah. well at school we still used to have the board rubber thrown at you as well so that was old school as well that's when you had a board yeah. now, now they've got these like interactive whiteboards i believe i've yeah. seen it on documentary yes i think they, <laughs> i believe they do so there's more sort of sort of little general nonsense and everything the woman who bought the firefly cage at the auction knocks on lovejoy's door well before then um they, there's a bit of a chase sequence um mm. because lovejoy is arrested during the middle of the auction so he doesn't he wants to buy the firefly cage because it's lovely and exquisite and all the rest and of got it. A buyer for it in london um and then by the time he's let go by the police auction is over and the the woman takes off in her was it a two CV or two CV? It looks like a new two CV. Yeah, and um, so they they set off in pursuit on Eric's motorcycle with Lovejoy in the sidecar, yeah. and and they're zooming through the countryside. It's a very gorgeous countryside. Very gorgeous in countryside. Some dappled sun. So I say coming out in January, it'd been probably look very glorious, and it's it's rather than sort of if you didn't have an open fire, you just sort of cluster around a Lovejoy yeah. episode with the yeah. sunshine. Yeah, and um, this, this is when we meet uh, Lady Jane. Who's she is unveiling a, a plaque by the Ford in this village. With a really, really bad musical group of children playing the recorder. It's, it's, it sounded, it sounded like old MacDonald had, had a farm. farm. Yeah. Or played bit, on the recorder. That was a bit, was a bit shit. Yeah. But then I think that's probably quite reflective of um, such such matters in, in small in small villages. It's general nonsense. Yeah. So the two C V turns off at this at this point. But this fortunately the, this fortunately Eric's uh, motorcycle does not have effective brakes and they go straight through the Ford and splash Lady all Jane. the dignitaries, including Lady, Lady Jane. Jane. Which did actually look, although they were a fair distance away from it, but it did actually look like a big bucket of water had been thrown over. Yes, them. and it was also very clean, very clean water. <laughs> yes, very clean water. Very clean water. Well, aristocracy only had the clean, clean, yes. clean puddle splashes, yes. So, um, so that was, so we had a little bit of nonsense there. We had a lot of countryside, um, lots of sun dappled countryside, with lots of hokumi sort of like country pursuity type things, things going on. Um, and then it cuts. It cuts back to um, Lovejoy in his cottage. Have uh, fin- finished off a bottle of wine, and the woman that bought the cage arrives at his door, asking him questions about this. The said bird is it's got a, a coal. Yeah. Car. So 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 she has the fo- the firefly cage that she bought, the Japanese one, but she has another firefly cage that's been carved out of coal. Mm. Um, as we subsequently discover by her father, but she doesn't give that away at this, at this point. But she believes it has a secret. Yeah, it has a can't. clue of some kind. We don't know what a clue to. Um, no, so Love Lovejoy has a look look at it and then sort of sort of looks around at sort of various clicky 
things to open doors and things like that and then tries to uh, and un- un- undoes the bottom bit of the cage mm-hmm. um and that doesn't solve There's anything nothing, yeah. but he, with a glimpse of his eye he says oh well no it's nothing like that but then he sees there's a lamp behind him and then it's yeah so she's using a she's using a little torch to try and see if she can find any anything and that's casting a shadow onto the wall and lovejoy notices something about not quite sure what shadow but once once she's gone he then draws draws the the outline of the shadow how he remembers it on the wall and he says you feel like oh it's a clue it's a clue it's a clue um and then we have another little bit of uh, a meet cute with uh, Lady Jane. Yeah. So Eric has. So Lovejoy's got a bit of a scheme going on that he's trying to to flog a, a, Bible. a Bible box. Seventeenth um, century. Well, or earlier. Yes, it's not actually seventeenth century, but he makes it look seventeenth century, and then gets Eric to place an advert. So we we, we learn all the tricks of the of the antiques trade, where to to to. To increase the demand on an antique, um, they put an advert in wanted Bible box, um, 17th century, in the local paper. So he, he, he sort of, he, he does that. So he gets tasks Eric to go to the newspaper to put the advert in. Because then when he can hawk around to the dealers, this Bible box, he can pretend he doesn't know who it, it, it's for. And um, then it all sort of... Then they'll buy it from all, him, all, expecting all, to... Expected uh, to be able to, to sell it to sell because it. there's a demand for it. Yes. So because someone's put a paper an yeah. advert for the newspaper. Yeah. So um, and it turns out that Eric has put in Lady Jane's telephone number, yes. Felsham Hall, Hall, which is quite it's like a bit of a meet cute thing. So um, she uh, asked for Lovejoy's presence to come round to discuss to explain himself. To yes, uh, so which. There's that nice meat cute with, uh, and yes. there's a general loveliness between yes. the two. There's a there's, there's a, a bit definite of chemistry feel of gorgeous, gorgeous chemistry, and it sizzles. Although she is a little bit frosty, not frosty in a, as in, but it's the that, that, so in, in that scene when she's she's where she arrives, he arrives, and she's wearing a full ball gown because she's having friends coming over. And she said, oh, we'd like a drink. And he said, oh, just, well, you, you do it. So he opens up a bottle of Moe, which is on ice, because she's about to have a dinner party or a drinks party. Um, and he apologises. So well, you seem to have put my name and uh, address on for, for this, and I've had lots of phone calls about it. But while you're here, you can come and value some antiques in the attic. So they're guzzling through a bottle of Moe um, while he's... Um, and she's probably rifling through the attic with her in a full... Full, full ball, ball gown. gown, which is a bit bit of a nonsense because everywhere she walks is taffeta general a general sort of uh, crease of uh, of taffeta, uh, which was a bit yeah, it, it, which is just a bit of gorgeous nonsense, especially when the husbands or the guests have arrived and she's half cut with love joy in the attic. Although I suppose it's in the eighties where people used to get drunk a lot quicker on half a bottle of champagne. It probably take about two or three bottles each. For us to get that that that, that tipsy. Well, I don't know though. I don't know. It wasn't a magnet. It was just a standard bottle. Yeah. <laughs> so what I found was quite amusing was with the husband, um, the husband of Lady Jane comes halfway up the stairs and said, "Are you up there? Our guests require feeding." 
I said, oh, don't worry. I'm in, uh, I'm in the attic with a complete stranger drinking some champagne. He says, okay, darling, come on down. <laughs> Which we is also we also get to meet, well, not only do we get to meet um, Lord Feltram, we also get to meet very briefly and from the back, the housekeeper, uh, Mrs. Cameron, played by Jan Wilson, who is a very familiar Scottish actress who, for certainly from my earlier years growing up in Scotland, you know, Taggart and Rapsi Nesbitt and, you know, loads and loads of the very familiar, familiar face. <laughs> well, it does seem to be quite a, generally quite a lot of familiar faces in yes. this t- TV show. Yeah. Well, we have Fred Mumford from Rent-A-Ghost. Yes, and wasn't he the, wasn't he the, the voice for um, Ivor the Engine he was well? one of He was one of the voices is, for, for Ivor the, the Engine. Engine. Actually, um, you may or may not know this, but Ivor the Engine had its origins in the late 1950s oh. with old re- an old black and white rediffusion series. And he provided, he was a voice way back then. Wow. Then. And as well as the, the, the BBC 1970s version as well. Wow. As well as playing Fred Mumford in Rent a Ghost. Yeah. Oh, God, I've got that. Oh, I can't remember. Okay. Oh, the theme tune to Rent-A-Ghost. You call Rent-A-Ghost if you want to know. Rent-A-Ghost. We had such an elegant facial facial hair sort of uh, configuration. Yes. Uh, he was. Uh, Miss Popoff. Yeah. Um, rather slightly embarrassing thing to, to, to admit, but um, Timothy Claypole was one of my earliest kind of crushes, um, really. I had a bit of a crush, crushes, on, Timothy, really. yeah, bit of a crush on Timothy Claypole because it was just... So gorgeous and lovely, and didn't he, after after he did Rent a Ghost, he just so he became a psychotherapist or something. Or no, 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 no. Well, he died of AIDS or something, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, d- just a few years, just literally a couple of years after. after. Rent a Ghost, but he he uh, created sure one. He was a counselor, th- wasn't he? He was a counselor. Uh, 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 it could have been. I don't know, but he uh, created one of the the principal roles in Starlight Express. Yeah, I don't think he was a. I don't think he was a counselor. Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't know where I read that then. I say it may have been some nonsense, but yeah, I thought he was fabulous in Rent a Ghost. Yeah, that was just like that was so anarchic. Anyway, back to something more anarchic. The yeah, anarchic of uh, of uh, antiques. Back to Lovejoy. So some general other nonsense happens. Lovejoy's car breaks down. Lady Jane then drives him to um, the estuary to meet what? to meet um, with. Um, uh, digger, digger. digger? Uh, unfortunately, Digger is now dead on the beach. He's a dead digger. No, dead not di- Digger. Drummer. 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 Who was Digger? I have no idea. Who okay, was. I, made, I made that up. Um, and uh, there's a general. Ooh, he's dead, so she, he can't get any further clues. And then, mm-hmm. and then he notices the uh, the the fort thing. The, the fort is in the, the middle of the estuary, in the, in the which has the same silhouette the profile. Of, of the bird cage. Yeah. I think no, the firefly cage. Firefly cage. Uh, um, and we've also got um, the other element, which uh, the... Uh, I'll fast forward or rewind. I can't remember whereabouts it was in it, but basically he, he goes and meets up with the person that carved the, the cage and um well he meets the family meets the family and the daughter's like a complete princess yeah the, the mother seems quite nice and she seems quite delightful because it sounds like she was she was used to being around antique type people 
um, which uh, and so he has a discussion. He's died recently. Um, the daughter's looking for a clue, and she was a bit of a princess. And then she she's thrown. She, she threw throws the. The, the, the cage into the bonfire. the bonfire which the bonfire was strangely smoky I it think was they, very smoky bonfire they, they could have filmed it from a different angle I think um, rather than the angle that they actually did do it in um, oh everyone's a critic everyone's a critic um, so he rescues it from the uh, from the flames and calls her a, a bitchy princess um, and I think that's generally upset them because then a friends of the family um, tell tell Lovejoy to go and meet up with this like it feels like a mob boss Mr. Dev Mr. Devlin Devlin um, Devlin who has um, got combine harvesters and everything he looks a bit of a wrong one because he's got sort of it's like a, it's like a, a mini mob of, of Sussex yeah I, he's he's played by Ben Howard who has um, played many such um, a sort of stereotypical stereoty- yes. sort of thing yeah yeah um, yeah so Lovejoy is warned off for, for upsetting the said family, and that makes that perks uh, Lovejoy's interest even more. Um, and then he gets warned off again by being roughed up at home, rather violently. Rather I have to violently. say, it was rather rather distressing. And uh, but Lovejoy, sorry, in a previous scene had encountered what was a burglary of a house. And recognises the dog that saw him off, which is a quite a lovely Doberman. It's not like a black Doberman; it was a brown Doberman, very cute. But it could bark quite towards, barky, but quite barky. So he puts two and two together, and then it starts like things start to string along, and then he realises that there's um, that there's something more to this. So rather, what we've been warned off, rather than actually sort of thinking, right, okay, I'm not going to touch this because I've been roughed up. He decides to investigate even further because that's what he's like. Yes, it's, it's like yeah, it's like a dog with a bone. Dog with a bone. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he then goes and borrows Charlie's boat, um, which is is uh, Charlie's sister. Uh, sister gives a sort of sort of sneaks in the keys, and he takes the boat out to the fort, which is the middle of the estuary, and discovers all the loot from all the burglaries and everything. Um, and then the Mr. Devlin is there with his cruiser, so it was very Howard's way, sort of. But, but not, but yeah. but he, but Mr. Devlin wasn't as, as debonair as Ken Masters. No. Um, no. So they have a bit no. of nonsense on the on yeah. the on the board. Just sort of for for interest's sake, the the the, the fort is called No Man's Fort, and it's actually even though. Uh, the series is set in Norfolk. Uh-huh. Um, no Man's Fort is actually off the coast at Portsmouth. Portsmouth? Portsmouth. Christ! Well, I thought it because it's, it's set around Essex and Sussex. No, Not this sure. first series is set in Norfolk. In Norfolk? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Norfolk's nowhere near bloody Portsmouth. No. <laughs> Now I think they relocate. If I, I'm I'm sure that later series, the location is different. But this is absolutely definitely Norfolk. Well, because there was a windmill. Because Norfolk, because Norfolk was well known for the windmills because it's the flatlands of Norfolk. Yeah. So the broads. Oh, the broads. Norfolk broads. Yes. Swallows um, and Amazons forever. Woo! Arthur Ransom set sort of uh, the Coots Club in the Norfolk Broads. 
Really? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. It's another childhood thing. Sorry. All right. Uh, so, but yeah. Um, and then, so uh, there's a bit of nonsense on the high seas uh, with yeah. this. So the bad guys, the bad guys. Come, in, come in their in their bigger boat. Um, and, and, and try and to try rough, rough up them in their tinker, other boat. Tinker and Lovejoy in their other boat. Lovejoy uses Tinker's hip flask to, to, imp- to, to, to impregnate to, to, a, a, mop a, a mop head with alcohol and then uses that as a as a weapon and then which causes so, the other boat to so, so to explode. Because it's like explodium. Yes. Well, so in the, the 80s, everything was full of explodium, yes, wasn't yes. it? So the other boat was made of explodium because merely... Merely tossing a, a flaming mop head onto it was sufficient to, yeah, to cause it to explode. So. But so the explodium mop seemed to work wonders because the two bad guys sort of like sort of virtually they burst of, into flames. They burst into flames, and then have to jump off said boat into the sea. Into the sea before the boat goes boom. boom. And it's just like sorry, a flaming mop. What the hell is Tinker drinking? Yes, I think this is. <laughs> Like, yes, I think mm, he's drinking, tinker, like he's drinking have... paraffin, I think. <laughs> it's paraffin or Semtex. Uh, so, so Lovejoy saved the day. He goes. So the police then try to arrest him for dealing with stolen goods. Um, and he ends up in the magistrate's yeah. court in front of... In front of um, Mr. Felsham, Lord, Lord Felsham. Felsham, yes. Um, and Just out of curiosity, the, the actor who plays Lord, Lord Felsham uh, is Polish. Yes. It's very really blonde to be Polish. Uh, blonde Polish people, people can be blonde. I've only known brunettes and dark. Well, that's, type. that's neither here nor there. Oh, well. That's but he's, he's Polish. He's Polish. And he's Pavel. Pavel. Oh, Pavel gosh. Douglas. Pavlos dog. Not Pavlov. Pavel. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, then, as I say, they're about to send down Tinker and, and Lovejoy because no one's come forward with. Uh, the bail money, uh, because they've been uh, they're, they're up up before the magistrate because they stole the boat. Um, Charlie's because Charlie's pressing charges about the stolen boat and damage to said boat after the other boat sort of hit it in the high seas and everything. They seem to have forgotten that they've claimed all these lovely antiques back that have been stolen from these gorgeous country houses around Sussex and Portsmouth. Which next to each in other. Norfolk. In Norfolk. <laughs> all these countries in Norwich. Yes. It's, it's like all these criminals with their helicopters going from county to county. Uh, so, um, and um, basically, Lady Felcham sort of bails them out, and uh, uh, sort of that all is good with the world. And Mr. Felcham doesn't, Lord Felcham does look too happy. Um, then Charlie comes along and says, um, I'm going to pre- press the charges because of the boat and everything. And then he sees the Bible box. The 17th century, century wink, bu- wink, wink Bible, Bible box. box. Uh, and uh, with a little jiggery pokery, thinks he's got a, a bargain and drops the charge. Uh, sort of, we assume that he's dropped the charges because he's got the Bible box. And there endeth the story. Yes. So it was a jolly good. It was a fabulous opening episode. It was rollicked along lovelily. Um, Written by Ian Lafreny. Wasn't he a Bergerac? No. Uh, no, someone no. for Bergerac, the producer was Yes, Bergerac. Robert Banks Stewart, the creator and producer of the creator of Bergerac, producer of the first few series of Bergerac, mm-hmm. uh, was producer of Lovejoy. It was written by Ian Lafreny. Mm-hmm. 
um, who with his uh, writing partner Dick Clement is responsible for a terrifically long list of very, very well-known TV series. The Likely Lads, Porridge, Wrote for the Two Ronnies, uh, Lucky Jim. Oh my goodness, going straight. Uh, let's have a look. All kinds of stuff. Uh, wrote for Tracy Ullman. Uh, created Lovejoy. Sh wrote for Shine and Harvey Moon. Created uh, We Design Pet. Um, the list goes on and on and on and on. Gosh. So, I've so written by uh, created and written by someone with a, a a terrific pedigree in writing, and it shows. Yeah, I mean, th I mean, the good thing about it because a lot of eighties TV shows all felt sometimes a little bit self indulgent, a little bit wallowy at points. Um, but this one didn't. It 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 was really tightly edited together, and um, the scripting was very good nothing was really wasted nothing was self-indulgent um and i say the, the the physical violence episode was it it didn't even feel that violent really it just felt like a, a schoolboy squabble in a playground um well you must have gone to a rough school well prep school they, uh, yes well no we didn't actually no there wasn't that much violence i didn't see it anyway i was just too busy no, just, no, no, don't things. go there. <laughs> don't go there. But yeah, it was jolly good. I was really quite surprised because the the, the first series of Lovejoy came on sorry in eighty six, mm -hmm. and then the second series was like four years later. Yeah, yes, it just felt sort of really weird. But I think didn't Ian McShane go into Dallas or something? Uh, I'm sure it's, uh, it was Sue Ellen's love interest for a bit, um, but uh, yeah, but it was a jolly, jolly good sort of uh, sort of first episode. You get to know all the characters quite quickly with just a little bit of a taster for all of them, yeah. and you do you know that Lovejoy isn't necessarily uh, a wrong one, but you know that he. He, he he can. Sort he's of, not. He can. Not, play, yes, he, he can. He's on. The, he can be on the wrong side of the yeah, the line, which is quite quite. Like, although the, the, I mean, there's no. I can I can appreciate. I'd like to have a Lovejoy character in my life, but uh, as, on a periphery as a friendship thing. But I, I know he was a pinup for many many people. Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Sort of, and. And I can see with like the leather jacket and the t-shirt and all that sort of thing, but I don't. I, I, no. Well, you know. Um, no. Hey -ho. So. Hey -ho. But but one of the things you can say about Lovejoy, I think, is that I think we've more or less established it, but it, in this in the first episode, but it gets reinforced later, I presume, is that yeah, he might sometimes stray onto the wrong side of Lily Law. Yeah. Um. He's. He's, you know, he's he's never gonna, he's not gonna rip off an an old granny or any no anything he, like he's, that. He's got a value. He's got he's got an element of of value, and he knows how it should be and maintains that civility, where I think other people would sell their granny um, for, for a quick yeah. buck. So, so the real the real target of his shenanigans, I think, are the. The unscrupulous antique dealers who would rip off yeah. an old granny. 
yeah uh yeah so he, he's he's on the he's on the moral high ground most of the time yeah so there we have it the, fir- first, the first episode joy. of our new a podcast new, series yeah. so we are looking to do an episode a week of love joy so to go alongside uh, our companion tv series of bergerac oh we love bergerac and john metals even though this banger of a, of a triumph roadster um so we're doing an episode of bergerac an episode of love joy of once a week and uh have a little extra bits during the week so we're up in the game so hit hit up that subscribe button you can find us on all social media platforms if you'd like to mention anything about the lovely gorgeous love joy please do message us um on all matters all, all matters of love joy or antiques and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time it's jonathan signing off and this is rob saying bye-bye bye-bye <laughs> The Lovejoy Podcast is an antique dust production. <laughs>